Today's gospel lesson for the eighth Sunday after Pentecost comes from Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 34 and 53 through 56. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, May the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Folks, in a few weeks, not very long from now, I am going to be in one of my favorite places in the world. Together, my wife and my kids and I will take off. We will travel across Nebraska. We will get to Colorado. We will go through most of Colorado until we get down into the southern portions and out in the mountains of Colorado, away from a lot of different things, we will be at Rainbow Trail Lutheran Bible Camp. This is a trip that we have made. This will now be the 15th summer in a row that we have done this. It is a wonderful place of rest and rejuvenation. We go every year for family camp. It's wonderful. Now, in the years that we have gone, I have noticed something about myself. It takes me about a day, day and a half, maybe sometimes two days to really get into relaxation mode when I get there. Between the travel and, and the adjusting to the elevation and the different climate and, and all of that, it just takes me that time to unwind. And as I think about that tendency that I recognize in myself, I'm reminded of something that happened a few years ago. Now, the director of the camp, the executive director, is a guy named Dave. We've known Dave for a lot of years. He's a wonderful guy. And he speaks to the camp two times, right at the beginning and then right at the end. Now, the first time is Sunday night, the first day of camp, after everyone's arrived, and it's kind of a time of orientation and getting everyone aware of what the program's going to look like and what opportunities are there. And Dave always tells us, when this week is done, I want you to say that's exactly what I needed. People are invited to be as active or as inactive as they want to be, as they need to be. There's all sorts of opportunities and people can do whatever they want to. Now, the second time that Dave speaks is at the end of the week. It's Friday night, the, pretty much the last thing before everybody packs up and takes off on Saturday morning. And I can remember the specific instance. It happened probably three or four years ago when Dave was giving his speech on Friday night. And he said, we noticed, being the staff, we and the staff noticed something happened to all of you about lunchtime on Tuesday. He says, you all took a really big, deep breath, and you have been slowly letting it out ever since. They noticed that everything just slowed down, that the pace that all of the various campers, the various families, was slowing down. 
that the conversations would last a little bit longer, that we'd be a little bit slower to get up from our chairs when the bell would ring for the next activity, that we would walk a little bit slower, and they knew that we would all get there, but none of us were in a great big rush. We were all finding this period of rest, this period, this moment, this opportunity to slow down, but we had to go away in order to get it. We had to go away from the busyness of life, away from our regular day-to-day, and go up into this deserted place together to have that time. I can't help but think that we have something of the same type of situation present in what we find in the scriptures today. Now, in order to really understand what's going on at the beginning, when we hear that the disciples gather around Jesus and and tell him everything that they had done and taught, we actually have to back up just a little bit through part of chapter 6 here in Mark's gospel. Earlier in in Mark chapter 6, Jesus empowers the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus empowers the disciples. He empowers them to teach. He empowers them to cast out diseases, and he sends them off two by two to travel around the region of Galilee into all these different communities and to be active, to take an active part in the ministry that he had invited them into. He empowers them to take that step. Now, we don't know how long that lasts, uh, but they're active for a little while. This causes word of Jesus to spread beyond just the active parts of ministry that he himself had been doing. And then, following that period, following that season, that time together, for however long it lasted, the disciples all come back together, and they gather around Jesus, and he tells them, come away by yourselves, and we will rest. Now, there's a distinction right there that I need to make. In our modern translations, here in our English translations, it it basically, Jesus just says, come away by yourselves and rest a while. But there's a distinction that's present in the original language. And folks, this is why I go into the Greek, and I know I probably bore you sometimes, but I'm kind of a nerd and I like these things. In the original language, it's actually a distinction. Jesus has come away and you will rest. Now we see this distinction. Jesus, I think, knows that he's not going to get a moment's peace that the, the, the activity, the ministry is going to continue. And that's what we find as the narration continues. They go away to this deserted place, and I think it's very probable that in that moment, the disciples were able to find themselves a shady spot and just relax and rest and let that deep breath out as they had this time of rejuvenation. But the ministry continues for Jesus because the crowds see him, the crowds continue to gather, and as we hear, he has compassion on them, and he continues to provide for their needs. This goes on in that little gap that we have within the scripture passage as well. You know, we skipped over a part of it in the verses that we had. And it's, it's a couple of pretty important moments that we skip over. Now, as this first crowd gathers and Jesus has compassion on them, we hear he ends up teaching them all day. And then there's this really cool little moment. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's known as the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. When Jesus provides for the physical need now of this crowd that is gathered, even as he has provided this moment of rest to meet the physical need for rest for his disciples. Following that moment, in another time that we skip over, Jesus then tells his disciples to get in the boat and continue on across the sea as well. And as they are going, this great big storm comes up and they are terrified and they are in danger of being swamped. And in another miraculous moment, Jesus comes walking out to them on the water 
And he gets in the boat and he calms the storm. He provides physical safety for them. Then, as our scripture picks back up again, they arrive in this region of the Gennesaret, an area on the far side of the Sea of Galilee, away from, from, from the region of Galilee. They've crossed over. And again, the crowds gather. And in this new season, they're continuing to move around in this other region. And more and more people are being brought to Jesus wherever he is. And he heals them. He provides physical healing for all who are sick. They even just touch his cloak and they are healed. Over and over and over again, we see that the ministry is continuing as Jesus continues to provide for what is needed by those various individuals. Rest for the disciples, teaching for the crowds, food for the crowds, physical safety for the disciples, physical healing for the people afterwards. On and on and on. Now, as I think about this, and I think about the way that Jesus continues to do the ministry, I'm reminded of the truth of what actually happens when we are at camp. Yes, for those of us who are gathered as families and as campers, it is that time for us to rest, to relax, to let out that big, deep breath and just let ourselves be for the moment. But there is a lot of activity, there is a lot of work that is going on, both up front as well as behind the scenes by the staff. Now folks, perhaps you've heard me talk about this before, but in my college days, I spent a couple of summers working on a Bible camp staff, and I know how much work goes into it. That this aspect or this group of people might be resting, but this, this group is all kinds of busy because that's what the ministry is calling them to do while this group of people is called to rest. I was reminded of, of another moment, something that I experienced recently, just about a month ago, when my wife and I traveled to the Dominican and we went to a resort and we had the time of vacation. And while it was restful and peaceful and wonderful for us, we were constantly witnessing all these various staff members who were just busy, 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 busy to provide that opportunity for rest and relaxation for the guests. It's the same type of situation. And I can't help but think that Jesus is modeling that for us today. But what do we learn from that? What can we glean from this moment when the disciples have been busy and active and working, invited to join in the ministry, and then as they come back together, they're invited into this time of rest? What does that reveal to us? I can't help but think that this reveals an important truth for all of us, that in our lives as embodied members of the body of Christ, as claimed members of the body of Christ, as beloved children of God who are all united together into this thing that we call the church, whatever we mean by that, there are times when we are called to be active, actively participating in the ongoing ministry. And then there are also times when we are called to sort of sit back and let the ministry happen by other empowered members of the body of Christ while we take a breather. This is a truth about the human race that I think we all need to stop and recognize. Here in the US especially, and perhaps in a lot of parts of the world, we have this myth of go, 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 go. That if you're working hard, work harder. If you're doing this, do more. It's, it's achieve, 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 achieve. And we very rarely cut ourselves a little bit of slack. We very rarely let ourselves slow down. But folks, 
If we remember the example of the one in our scripture, that being Jesus, who invites the disciples into this time of rest, we must also remember who Jesus is. Jesus is God. And God gives us another example of times when we are called to be active and work and times when we are called to rest. And that happens in Genesis chapter 1, the creation of the world. God works in this, this active creation, and then on the seventh day, God rested. Now, I don't think God physically needed a nap. I think God knew that humanity was going to be invited into this ongoing work within creation, something that would eventually get to the period of Jesus and the church and the invitation for us to join in that work. And I think God needed to model for us, those of us made in the divine image of God, which, by the way, is everybody. We need to be reminded that there are times when we are called to be active and there are times when we are called to sit back and rest. Now, as I think about this on the large scale, the grand scheme of things, and then I think about where we find ourselves now in mid-July 2021, I am thinking about the giant breather that perhaps we have all collectively been taking over the course of the last year and a half. COVID has required that we slow down. For a time, it required us to stay home for us to be physically and completely isolated from one another. And we had to find new ways of being community. And I'm glad that we have been able to do so. And then as time went on, we in the church, and we as a congregation, if we want to say that, but we collectively have had to let certain things go. We have had to let things go by the wayside and just sit idle. And maybe that's okay. Maybe as we are moving now what, with what we hope to be post-COVID, and we are beginning to establish a new normal, and at least here in our congregation, we're beginning to feel like things are maybe moving back towards that sense of normalcy. We also remember, or perhaps we're being invited to remember, what was that active ministry that we were all taking part of before? And now during this time of taking a forced breather over the course of the last 15 or so months, maybe now as we begin to move into a new season of ministry and, and we begin to establish and try and figure out what's that going to look like, maybe that time of forced rest or relaxation or the breather that we all had to take is an opportunity for us to ask, God, what are you inviting us into now? When I think about the disciples, I think about the way that they were invited to join with Jesus in an active part of his physical ministry that he was doing during his three years before his death and resurrection. Then that season came to a close. Jesus invites them into this time of rest that we hear about today. And as they are resting, the ministry is continuing. And then the ministry will continue. And their part in that after this moment is going to continue to look a little bit different than it had before. And then following the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus, when they are empowered by the Holy Spirit and they become the, the, the embodiment of the body of Christ, their ministry will look different again. So there are these seasons and they are separated right here by this moment of rest and relaxation. And through all of this, I wonder aloud and I pose the question, a question to which I do not pose an answer. 
What new thing might God be inviting us into following this moment of rest? For some of us, it will be embodied in one way, depending on the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. For others, it will be embodied in a different way. As we live out our lives as claimed beloved children of God, we are empowered in different ways to join collectively in this large-scale ministry as all of our stories join together into God's story. But may we remember the call that Jesus also places upon his disciples to be active in the ministry, but also to step back and rest while others step into the ministry. This is good news for all of us. It's not about constantly go, 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 but it's about doing what we are empowered to do, letting ourselves be rejuvenated at the invitation of the one who made us in the first place before we then follow the invitation into something.